Hello out there. This is Old Buck Dave coming to you again with Old Buck Dell. Welcome back to Old Bucks, ready to entertain you, keep entertain you, asleep. put you to sleep again. Hey, what do you got there, buddy? I know I was just, you know, I get all excited when I have a uh, big idea and uh, a big gonna, idea. Yeah, what I was going to tell you was, you know, when uh, I think when people in general uh, hear uh, an interesting fact or they find an interesting situation. Uh, they like an opportunity to discuss it, right? Of course, and, absolutely. And that's, that's, what what we that's, do. that's what we do. Yeah, that's what we do. We we are. We're sitting here we, at the we, coffee we, shop. We lay off uh, all this uh, gamut of information that uh, uh, we like to throw at each other. and Generally see. useless and <laughs> trivial. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, here's what I think. Here's what I think it is. I think it's, uh, uh, I like um, uh, to consider these are, these are objects that we, or subject we dis- discuss over coffee, and I like to call it a, uh, uh, it's a uh, case of uh, crisis response and planning. I call it crisis response and planning. It's our okay. crisis response and planning situation. And basically, we discuss a crisis that we feel is a crisis. And then we consider a response. And finally, we plan how someone else of like mind will solve it. So I believe that this this happens uh, many times in bars and taverns after a lot of uh, you know, copious drinking, where you you oh, declare yeah. you declare a crisis amongst uh, your friends, and you discuss the solution, and you hope you you hope other people are going to yeah. solve the problem the yeah. way you discuss it. <laughs> you so, have an example we could work through here. Well, um, there was a, I mean, there I could probably bring up some crisis I was thinking about, but I just. I just wanted to let people know that there is such a that service is available. That I believe that there is a division is this department of okay. the government. Now, are we going to franchise this through the government? Or, no, or I this think, is just like a public service. I think we might. <laughs> it's a public service announcement exposing the fact that there is a crisis response and planning department of the government that that thinks about all these things, so we don't have to really worry about. So we don't have to worry about. It. It. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we would like to change or do. And uh, there are people in a, uh, you know, in a nice, comfortable room in lounge chairs that uh, come up with uh, solutions, and they call themselves the crisis response and planning. Well, I'll sleep better at night. You can sleep the, better at night. You do not have to fret. CRAP is out there. <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. It, it's They're everywhere. It is definitely out there. It's out there. Okay. <laughs> you can sleep better at night. I can sleep better, even if I don't have... A, Two old bucks podcast right. to listen to, <laughs> even without a, even without us mentioning anything. Anything you can sleep better knowing that's that, so. great. Okay, that's so anyhow, great. I'm sorry. That's I I was just off on a bit of a tangent. Bit there. of a tangent yeah. there. All right. So anyhow, anyhow, I have I do have a thought, a more serious thought. Yeah. What is, what would that be? This was we wanted to give some credit. Uh, I, I mentioned to you. I showed you uh, an article that I'd read. Uh, about a man named uh, Roger. Roger? Yes. Roger. Of Roger. thesaurus fame. Of the th- thesaurus fame. I'm not going to ask you to spell it either. No, I no. couldn't spell it if I tried. So I thought I thought it deserved a uh, I thought it deserved a, a comment or a, a little shout out. Well, let's hear it. And you have something there in front of you, or don't you? you... Okay. Yeah, actually, this was a, a little piece that you wanted me to uh, to read to kind of mm-hmm. start this thing off here. 
And the article starts, Back in England, Roger launched his career as a physician and inventor in 1804 at the age of 25, going on to lecture and publish extensively. In 1814, the year Bonaparte abdicated as emperor, Roger published a paper about a logarithmic slide rule he had invented, Wow, earning him the election as a fellow of the Royal Society of London at age 36. His most momentous work was an exhaustive surveillance of physiology in the vegetable and animal kingdoms, which composed one of the celebrated eight Bridgewater Treatises, a series of books published in the 1830s that considered science in the context of theology. So he was, he was pretty... That's right. He was pretty well-known and pretty well-educated and a researcher, et cetera, et cetera, before... Before he did the thing that we know him for. Yeah. And, and, then, and then it says, then it says, in 1849, after retiring from medicine and science, the 70-year-old turned to words, a passion that harkened back to his childhood when he had filled a notebook with English translations of Latin vocabulary and then classified them into subject areas. Roger's early passion never dissipated. And in his mid-twenties, during off-hours, the young doctor compiled a list of some 15,000 words, a little collection, he later called it, that although scanty and imperfect, had helped him in his writing over the years. 15,000 words, little word, little collection. Okay, so he did it when he was 70. So he could have been like the original old buck. Yeah, he yeah, he would really been until he was 70. Buck. Exactly, exactly. Well, he did actually before seventy. Were were so okay. I thought I thought this was really. I mean, I, I've been fascinated with words myself, and I thought this was really an interesting an interesting article on him. But it turns out that it says although prior books of synonyms existed, none offered the depth or scope of the tharsis that Roger Th- published. <laughs> did I pronounce that right? No. Oh. as You left a syllable out, but oh, that's okay. okay. But it was close. It was close. Um, okay, where was that? That Roger published in 1853, and for which he would become a household word, a synonym for the source of all synonyms. Over the next 16 years, Roger oversaw more than two dozen additional editions and printings, so many that the stereotype plates created for the third volume in 1855, eventually wore out. How about that? Wow. And all he wanted to do was organize the words. 15,000 little words. Right. And here's, this is, the, this is sort of my favorite part of this. It's a very short article. Genius is rooted in the incessant quest for knowledge and an imagination that transcends boundaries. Does that not describe two old books? Us. That's us. I'm telling you what's <laughs> the truth. you. I, I would have said that about myself or us if I could. I'll tell you what, had, you know, he, he's, he's not. I had the genius to do it, right? He's, he's not written us a letter, but I think he gets an automatic induction into citizens. Uh, so Rosé's early travels exposed him to foreign cultures and new terrain. That's us. Science gives him structure. That's us. Oh, and after his death, September 12th, 1869, at the age of 90. 90. Well, that could be us. Wow. Roger's son, John, took up uh, editorship of the 
What's the word? Thesaurus. Yes. Placebo. And it's the introduction uh, to the 1879 edition. John reported that his father had been working on an expanded edition in the last, last years of his life, scribbling words and phrases in the margins of an earlier version. His mind never stopped. So that would be you. So that's us. Hopefully, our minds will never yeah. stop. Hopefully, and we could we could do something. I as got momentous. bad news for you. <laughs> yeah, you we think won't. it's already missed a gear yeah. in, in the process. Yeah. But there's a there's another article here. Before you get down any for, further here, let's let's give due credit here, others, so we won't get into any copyright issues. Oh yeah, issues. yeah, yeah. This, where, where did you read this? Th- where did I read this? You didn't I did write this yourself. This. I did you not didn't write, write this, this yourself. Ah, uh, lots of words in there. You can't spell. Another article in the Smithsonian Magazine. This is also in the Smithsonian. May the May twenty twenty first edition. Okay. Uh, and let's see. It was written by uh, Teddy Brokaw, I think. Uh, oh, and Margaret. No, Margaret did the illustrations. Who did write this? Uh, perhaps I should. Well, it wasn't us. Perhaps maybe, I should read this. Maybe ahead of you time. should read this ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyhow, what? Eat this, my dust. This, yeah, this is this is what I thought was really, really funny. Is that many, many years before that, in in six hundred and six twenty five, Isidore of Seville wrote a book. Wow. It says synonym synonymy. Synonym, synonymy, the concept of distinct words signifying the same thing was understood as far back as ancient Greece. But the Archbishop of Seville authorized the earliest work modern readers might reckon as a... Thesaurus. Thank you. (laughs) Writing in Latin, Isidore sought to help readers distinguish between easily confused words words ah and he said an example drinking is natural boozing is luxury <laughs> and there's another one okay another one you are you talking about uh, john of garland john of garland john of garland i, I remember him yeah he was uh, he was an english what was grammarian what, what was the year that he do his yeah it was like 1225 to 1250, somewhere in there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so he, I remember he organized stuff alphabetically, like like a modern thesaurus. Uh, but it was all written in Latin. So uh-huh. we would have had, had Mrs. Van Kirk. But Roger, Roger actually studied those. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. What was his example? Well, he talked about uh, a barking canis might be a man's best friend. But a swimming canis would be a sea dog, a shark. So, wow, that doesn't relate to anything we have. There's another one there. What's the next one? You're working me here. Erasmus in 1512. Yes. He says, your, your letter pleased me mightily. For example, your epistle afforded me no small joy. So oh, letter. talking different ways to express Right, so thing. different ways to say synonymous. Okay. Letter and okay. epistle. Okay, yeah. There's another one there. Let me read the next one. So good people, way before Roger, these other people were seeing the similarities. So there is Gabriel Girard, a French abbot, uh, emphasized the distinction between similar words in his synonymy, sino, well, 
in his synonymery. <laughs> That's it, synonymery. Try, try spelling that one, synonymery. It says, a man is stupid because he cannot learn, but ignorant because he does not learn. Oh. Uh-huh. His book was a runaway success, inspired a wave of imitators and influenced Voltaire and Dijereau. Aha. Uh-huh. And lastly, but not least, was Hester Peozzi, a British synonymy in 1794. Uh, English writer produced the first original English work of synonymy after st- seeing her Italian husband struggle with con- conversational English. You know, English is a difficult language because of this. Because oh, yeah. words sound the same and mean different things, even spelled the same way. Yeah. So it says, despite her lexographical prowess, Piozzi limited her book to the realm of familiar talk. Her synonymy was reprinted several times, including a heavily censored French edition published as Napoleon came to power, and which was conspicuously missing the, the entry for tyranny, you know, under <laughs> Napoleon. So, anyhow. Many people before Roger did it, but he was passionate about it, put this thing together, and we are lucky today. He's the guy who had the little book that we used to use back in school. We're, yes, we're because paging the teacher frantically got tired through of there. hearing yeah. the same, yeah. same word. Use a different word. Use a different word. Yeah. So anyhow, big shout out to Roger. Thank you for his, I hope we did him justice. Um, the two old bucks are probably, uh, I don't know, I'm not necessarily the best reader. Although if you don't speak it out loud, you sort of can. You're go a good speller, a though. I'm not a good speller. Not a good, I'm sorry, you're not a good speller. <laughs> Thank you, Roger. Thank you, Roger. Speaking of Roger, speaking of Roger, that, 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 that reminds me of a note that we got from Old Buck Joe some time ago, and it's mm-hmm. just kind of been sitting here in the in the bin. And he was talking about homonyms, so similar, different than synonyms. These homonyms would be two words with the same spelling or pronunciation and a different meaning. For example, here's a couple examples. The word B-O-W. It could be bow. It could be bow or it could be bow. Okay? Same spelling, different pronunciation, different meanings. Bow is like with an arrow or a bow tie, that sort of thing. Okay. B-I, Bicky Bye. B-I, Bye, Bicky Bye, O Bow. <laughs> I'm losing you here. Come back, Dale. Come back. Here's another one. Content, content. All right. Content and C-O-N-T-E-N-T. content. Content meaning what's contained in something. Yeah. And content meaning happy. Like I at this stage like of life, being in actually, I figured it out. But you know, a new English speaker might have some difficulty. Would with definitely stuff like have that. difficulty with that. Yeah. And and we're gonna we're gonna test the English speakers out there because I've I've written a couple Western Pennsylvania homonyms. Western Pennsylvania. Western Pennsylvania. Steel City homonyms, huh? Okay, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to give you a couple here, and let's see how see if you can remember this. Okay. Pitcher, P-I-T-C-H-E-R. Well, a pitcher is a a person that it's on the mound in a baseball game. He's the pitcher. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you want to eat a pitcher of beer, pitcher of beer, something that holds liquid. Yeah. What other pitchers are there? Uh, well, <laughs> pitcher. 
Could be a picture on the wall. A picture on the wall, oh, yeah. except that's spelled differently. But yeah, in, in Western Sounds Pennsylvania, in Western Pennsylvania, <laughs> it's, it's a homonym. It's in a my picture. Book, in my spelling book exactly. is not spelled. That's my point. That's my point exactly. <laughs> now here's here's to be an easier one. Pop. P O P. Pop. Well, pop is a, a soda, is a, a drink. Right, and it's a couple also, of pops, and then of course is it's your dad. Popcorn, I suppose, or yeah. that's different, but yeah. it doesn't stand alone. There's but a soda, a soda is known as something other than pop most places. But in Western Pennsylvania, it's it was pop. It's pop. Yeah. yeah so that's kind of a Western Pennsylvania homonym word. How about this one? Poke. Poke. Well, to poke is to take your finger in. Yeah, that's a, that's exactly what it is. It's to prod, as right? He, as he ma- motioned with his finger toward my chest. But what else is poke in Western Pennsylvania? Well, a poke is a plastic bag. A bag, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. We're, we're put it in a poke. We're put it in the poke. I mean, who wants to buy a pig in a pig poke? Pig in a poke. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is is so that for, I, is that saying? I don't know how widespread it is, but I know it's it's not everywhere. Oh, but poke poke means a bag. And this is this is one that's going to stump a lot of people. Crick, C R I C K. Oh, I know what a crick is. I know what a crick. You can get a crick in your neck. That's right. And you can cross the crick. You can cross the crick. <laughs> You can live on the other side of the creek. On the other side of the creek. And the creek is a certain certain depth and width. It's a flowing body of water. To right? A, uh, right, a flowing right. body of water. And it's not too big. It's not like a river. That's right. The rest of the world would call it a creek. A creek. C-R-E-E-K. But in Well, that's the way we spell it. C-R-E-E-K is pronounced creek. But it's, in cr- but it's a creek. Yeah, it's a creek. <laughs> so that was our homonym lesson. So That kind of makes us kind of peculiar, doesn't thanks it? To yeah. th- <laughs> thanks to old Buck Joe for... Mentioning some homonyms. And you know, co- I'll bet you there's some, some people that lived in and around the Steel City uh, at some time out there listening to us now that could come up with a lot of the peculiarities. I think there's a whole book on stuff like that that people in that area used to talk yeah, about. Yeah, how to speak Pittsburghese uh, and yeah. all that. Yeah. So, Downtown. And but I, I was always fascinated with the number of words that, that, like you said, mean the same thing or so similar. Wait and wait. Uh, in fact, weather and weather, I've never been able to spell them right at all. <laughs> in fact, in fact, when I text you or anything, if I send anything to you, I don't even worry about it anymore, whether or whether I've used the right words, because yep. you know, you know how to read me. I, I put it through the processor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, Dave, if my teachers had been this lenient and understanding and finally understood, you know, that all these words, they knew what I meant even though I spelled it incorrectly, you know, the or and or. If I wanted, I said, uh, I'll have pizza or a hamburger, and I spelled or, O-R-E-R, O-R-E. O-A-R. They should have known clearly exactly what I meant. It sounded the same. No, it's the O-R. Yeah. Kind of left the mark I would have been a contender. Could have been a contender. I'd a contender, man. I'd have graduated with a C+. Yeah. All right. So big shout out to all big the uh, wordsmiths out big there. Big shout right? out to the wordsmiths. And uh, thanks, old Buck Joe up there in uh, Hol- Holidayville, I believe it is. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway. So thanks to old Buck Dale for that synonymical enlightenment. Now, if you're a longtime listener, you probably know that fact-checking is not always perfect here at uh, Buckville. Actually, it's non-existent for the most part. But I do want to point out a few things about our Roger story. First of all, the article was written by Claudia Kalb, K-A-L-B. 
Now the sidebars dealing with the previous lexicographers was written by, the sidebars were written by Teddy Brokaw. So it's the two of them that in conjunction. And this was an interesting thing that you may or may not agree with me. I was curious as if we're actually pronouncing Roger's name right. And dug into it a little bit. Now, he, as we said, he's English. He's not French, as most people assume. His name is Peter Marc Roger, or not. When I looked at the pronunciations of Roger, there was the one that we used, Roger. Another pronunciation was Roji, Roji. And the third pronunciation, and the one that I'll bet is actually right, is Rojet. I'm guessing that the English pronunciation for his name would be Rojet. For what it's worth, folks. Anyway, that's a little bit of fact-checking. And if you know otherwise, let us know. Bucks2old at gmail.com. And until then, this is Dave. Oh, and Dale is has nodded off, sorry. So it's Dave and Dale here to say adios. Adios.